Welcome to this episode of the Cruise Elite Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Cruz, and today we're diving into an educational topic called the Threat Bucket. I originally learned about the Threat Bucket through Z Health Performance Solutions, and it has been an amazing tool for me, both personally and professionally. So if you're somebody who's been trying to take good care of your body so that you can keep doing the things that you love to do in life for as long as possible, I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. Let's do it. Welcome. Today I'm going to introduce to you an educational model or lesson, the most important educational lesson that I've ever learned actually, called the threat bucket. And my goal with this podcast today is to not only teach you the theory behind the threat bucket, but also how to apply it in your life. And for our purposes, how to apply it in a fitness and even a pain management setting. So let's dive in. Enter the threat bucket. Before I can describe what the threat bucket really is, we have to define threat. Because threat is a word that I'm going to be using over and over again. Simply put, threat is the level of stress or danger that is perceived by your brain and your nervous system. So where do we encounter threat when it comes to fitness? Here's some examples. When people exercise and they're learning new movements, sometimes they hold their breath. That's an example of a threat response. Sometimes during movement, we have inappropriate increases in rate of respiration. So we breathe faster than we should. That's another form of a threat response. Here's a really common one. Building unwanted tension during exercise. Increased discomfort and aches. This is also very common. But when threat builds during a training session or a workout, or even during a single exercise, you can also experience decreases in range of motion, balance, and even strength. Other forms of threat responses can be mood swings, fatigue, or, here's a very important one, walking away feeling stiffer than when you started. I often hear that from people all the time. You start a workout, you get warmed up, you feel great as the workout progresses. You might feel great even after it's over, but then a few hours later, you're starting to feel like you're tightening up. You're starting to feel stiff. That's a threat response. Another very common one is just an increase in pain, maybe with an old injury. I think we've all, all been there at one point. We end up walking away from a workout, and all of a sudden, that old shoulder injury, or whatever it is, rears its nasty head again. We didn't have an injury event, but for some reason, we have this familiar pain that's come back, even though there's no longer a problem with that area of our body. What's happening when we experience that? What I'm trying to get you to understand is 
that is a threat response. That is your brain in your nervous system perceiving what you're doing as threatening. And we're going to talk about what happens when threat levels are elevated here in a moment when we get to the threat bucket lesson. So basically what I need you to understand is your brain and your nervous system are monitoring everything that you do when it comes to fitness or rehab. Every movement that you make. And if those movements have any kind of threat attached to them, then there's going to be some kind of cumulative buildup of threat that could eventually lead to a negative outcome. So now that you understand some of the more common threat responses with exercise, let's now dive in to the threat bucket model. I want you to imagine a bucket, just a plain old bucket. And let's put some water in that bucket or some liquid. The amount of liquid in this bucket is going to represent the total level of threat that your brain and nervous system is perceiving. Now, all day long, every single day, every single moment, we are encountering different stressors in our environment. And those stressors are entering our bucket. And I want you to now think about those stressors as threats. Those are perceived threats. So what are some examples of perceived threats that we encounter on the day-to-day? Old injuries, poor movement patterns, scars, surgeries, mobility problems, even issues with balance or vision or long-standing chronic pain issues. These are all very common threats that we are, we are encountering all the time. How about nutritional deficits and poor breathing patterns? Digestive sensitivity, sleep quality issues. What about job satisfaction, financial stability, relationship stresses, your self-confidence, your self-esteem, your alignment with your purpose in life, your sense of body ownership, These are all examples of threats that can be entering your bucket at any time. And as you've probably already figured out, as these threats enter our bucket, that level of threat in the bucket begins to rise. All of these things add to the collective level of threat in the bucket. And if we don't have tools and strategies to dismantle that threat, to lower it, eventually there's going to be a spillover of threat. That bucket is going to spill. And we like to say, instead of spill, we call it an output. And when your threat bucket fills up, spills over, and there's an output, we often say the most classic output is an increase in pain levels 
or a decrease in performance. But it's not always about increasing pain levels and decreasing performance. It could also be other health issues. You could have blood pressure issues as a potential protective output. Any kind of health issue really can be a protective output. Now, why am I calling it a protective output? Well, as you begin to learn more about how the brain and the nervous system work, you start to learn that your brain is very survival-based and its main priority is to keep you safe and alive. So when these threats enter our bucket and our bucket fills up and spills over and we have the output, those outputs are usually protective outputs. It's your brain trying to keep you safe. When pain increases, it's a signal that you have to respond to. And oftentimes when we have an increase in pain, we stop doing whatever it is that we're doing. And that might be your brain's goal by creating that pain output is to get you to stop doing whatever it is that you're doing. Because remember, when it comes to your brain and your nervous system, your brain is wired for survival. That's what you have to understand. Now, you've heard a little bit now about the threat bucket. And I want to start to bridge you in to how we use the threat bucket model and how we put it into application. When I teach this to our members, and this is something that I always come back to over and over again, it leads us into a form of assessment. So we have what's called an immediate assessment process. And this immediate assessment process is very much based off of this lesson that you just heard about called the threat bucket. The immediate assessment process allows us to understand what our body's response is to any movement or exercise that we perform. And the coolest thing about this is it's super simple to use. You don't have to be a movement professional. You don't have to be an athlete. You don't have to be a physical therapist. You don't have to have really any education at all when it comes to movement. You just have to understand how to execute this three-step process. And it could literally change your life. That's what it's done for me, both personally and professionally. Personally, understanding the threat bucket and how to assess my body's response to exercise changed my life because I was finally able to get myself out of chronic pain. And professionally, when I learned this, it finally allowed me to understand my client's response to exercise so that, I, so that I could harness the power of their own nervous system and figure out how to work with the individual that was in front of me, which allowed me to understand their pain better, 
and their movement problems better. And by getting a response to everything that we practiced, I was able to program specific exercises for them that they could practice over and over again to create long-term adaptations that finally allowed them to achieve the results that they're looking for. So let me teach you how to do this assessment process because it's so important and it's something that you can put into action immediately. It's three steps. Step number one is you have to have some kind of movement assessment. And when I first teach this to people, we keep it really simple. We call it range of motion testing. So I'm going to give you a few ideas and you can also explore some other ones on your own if anything comes to mind. But for, the, for step number one, we have to find a movement that we can use that's going to act as our baseline. Imagine just doing a forward bend. You're standing up, you gently lock your knees out, and you do a forward folding motion at the hips, reaching your fingertips towards the floor. See how far you're going. Are your fingertips touching the floor? Maybe they're six inches off the floor. Make sure you understand where you're at with that. Get an idea. How does it feel? Are there any limiting factors that you feel? Tight hamstrings, maybe tightness in the lower back, whatever the case. Do the movement three or four times. Make sure you're warmed up with it. And just get a sense of where you are. Where are you living with this movement right now in this moment? Okay? Step number two, we're going to perform an exercise. Now I'm going to walk you through a very simple joint mobility exercise that I basically teach to everybody. And I'll hopefully be able to link you to a demonstration video of that, but I'll do my best to describe it right here. We're going to perform this exercise right now. You can stand up. I want you to take one foot Stagger your stance, so put one foot just forwards a little bit. Lock your knee out, and what you're going to do is tilt the outside of your ankle towards the floor. What you're basically doing is creating the movement that reminds people of what it looks like to sprain your ankle. But we're going to do it gently and with a purpose of mobilizing your ankle. So you're going to tilt your outside ankle bone towards the floor as far as you can, and then you're going to return it to its starting position. And I want you to do that nice and slow, trying to control the movement, making sure you're using good coordination. Go as far as, far as you can and use some muscular effort to try to reach your end range of motion. And if you do that well, you'll probably feel a light stretch on the outside of your ankle. We're not going to hold that stretch. This is not a traditional stretch. This is a joint mobilization. So instead, after you've gone as far as you can, you just return your ankle to its starting position. So again, do about five repetitions. Make sure you have nice upright posture as you do that. And once you're finished, it's time for step number three. Step number three is the reassess. Remember that movement that you just tried with me, the forward bend? I want you to go back to that, and I want you to test your forward bend. 
same exact way that you did it before. Gently lock out your knees, forward fold at the waist, reach your fingertips towards the ground. How far did you go? Have you improved? Did you stay the same? Or are you actually worse? There are only three possible outcomes. We're not going to read into it too deeply. You either improved, stayed the same, or got worse. Now this is usually when people's heads start to spin. Because oftentimes, people will have dramatic improvements in their range of motion. Or they might not feel the same amount of tension in their hamstrings or lower back. Very, very common for me to see people experience that. And then they laugh and think that I'm teaching them some kind of voodoo, and I'm not. I'm teaching you the power of assessing your brain and nervous system's response to exercise. Now, an improvement is not the only possible outcome. You could also stay the same. No change. And no change is perfectly fine. Oftentimes when people don't get a change, I encourage them to try the exercise again and just do a better job. Maybe try to go a little further with the range of motion or control it a little bit better or stand a little taller with better posture or try not to build up unwanted tension and make sure you're breathing as you make the movement. Sometimes those little adjustments allow you to then reassess and get the response that you're looking for, which is an improvement. Now let's talk about what it means if you got worse. It's funny, when I teach this to athletes, they usually don't believe me after they improve. They say, hey, coach, I'm just getting warmed up. All I'm doing here is getting warmed up. That's why my range of motion has improved. And I laugh and I say, okay, well, when we encounter a drill that makes you worse, we'll see what you think then. And so realize that sometimes... Your brain and nervous system perceives the exercise that you're practicing as threatening. And therefore, you might actually regress with your range of motion assessment. Maybe you were, your fingertips were touching the floor initially. You performed the exercise. And now you're worse. Now your fingertips are at your, the middle of your shins. You actually lost mobility. And it happened instantaneously. So the, th the assessment process is three steps. Step number one is identify a range of motion that you can use as your baseline assessment. Step number two is perform any exercise. I gave you the example of an exercise that we call a lateral ankle tilt. And step number three is simply to reassess immediately. Remember, you have to reassess immediately. Why? Because the speed of the nervous system is instantaneous. When you perform an exercise and your brain receives the various inputs from that exercise, there will always be an immediate outcome. And by assessing, we're able to ask our brain and nervous system a few simple questions. The first question is, is this exercise safe for me? And the second question is, is it useful for me? And by immediately reassessing after performing a drill, you get the answers to these questions. And guess what? Your nervous system will put either 
a happy stamp or a sad stamp on that input. So thumbs up or thumbs down. When your brain likes the input, you will generally generally get better immediately. And when your brain senses some kind of threat, you'll get worse. This is a really simple idea that I consider a total paradigm shift. Because understanding your body's response to the movements that you're practicing really allows you to harness the power of your own nervous system so that you can start getting the results that you desire. We can use this assessment process a couple of different ways. I want you to go through it on your own and try exactly what I guided you through. But understand that you don't have to use a forward bend for the assessment. You could use any range of motion that you want. The forward bend is usually the first one that I teach people because it's simple. But you could also do some kind of range of motion with your trunk. I often have people try trunk rotations where they put their hands out in front of them, kind of place your hands together like you're making an imaginary pistol in your hands. Keep your feet in a neutral position and you're going to simply rotate side to side. See how far you've gone and how does it feel? That's one that we use quite a bit. You could also use some kind of range of motion of your shoulder. You could lock your elbow out and simply raise your arm overhead. How far did you go? What does it feel like? You could also test shoulder internal rotation where you bend your elbow, raise your arm up to your side to about shoulder level and simply rotate your arm inward. How far did you go? What does it feel like? These are all examples of range of motion tests that you could use for the exercise I just brought you through. But one of the fun ways to approach this is by using some kind of more functional movement, something like a squat. So keep in mind you can use a basic range of motion test that is a little bit more isolated to a specific body part, but you could also use a squat, which is more of a whole body motion using multiple different joints. And this is where it gets fun because once you have your assessment, you can start to explore different exercises immediately reassessing them to figure out which ones have the greatest impact on your performance. They don't have to be my exercises, things that I teach you. They could be. If you follow me on Instagram, I'm always showing a lot of different kinds of mobility drills. And one of the common themes that you see in my videos is I actually encourage people to assess and reassess their response to doing the exercise. So this is the assessment process that I teach people whenever I'm teaching them the different mobility drills that I enjoy. But you don't have to just use what I teach you. You could use any exercise that you're currently practicing. And let me tell you, sometimes it's humbling. Sometimes you test something that you've been doing for a long time because you thought it was healthy for you and you actually find out that it's regressing you. At first, that could be a little frustrating. 
But with a little practice, you soon realize how freeing it is. Because just by understanding how to assess your body's response to an exercise, you can start making smarter decisions about your training and your rehab. Here's how we do it. I say we, I mean our members. I'm constantly teaching our members how to use this assessment process on their own. And I'm constantly teaching them how to understand the threat bucket better. Because when they do understand this, it allows us to speak the same language. And when people contact me with different issues that they're trying to resolve, maybe something hurts or they have a movement limitation, I'm, gonna, I'm immediately able to start talking to them in this way, asking them, what have you assessed and what has the response been? And they can give me exercises from our program that they've been practicing that might be improving them or maybe an exercise that's even making them worse. So this assessment process is fantastic for helping you accomplish any kind of movement goal that you might have. Let's say you want to squat deeper, but you're the person that's always had ankle mobility issues. Well, now you can use your squat as your assessment and go and assess multiple other exercises and see which ones help you with your squat. Then you practice the exercises that are helping you with your squat. And there's a cumulative effect that happens when you're now practicing what we call your high payoff exercises. Your high payoff exercises are any drill that you assess that gives you an outstanding result. And because you understand your body's response to what you're practicing, you can collect all your high payoff exercises and put them in one toolbox that you can use for improving that squat. No more guessing and no more trying all these different things, but not really having the confidence that they're all helping you. Once you learn how to assess, it really takes the guesswork out of things. Now, the other common way that we use this assessment process is when we're trying to resolve pain issues. Pain is just something that comes up. It's normal. At some point, everybody encounters pain. It's really common for people to encounter pain that doesn't necessarily have an injury event. In fact, most of the people that seek out my help for pain, that's what they're asking for my help for. They've got a mysterious pain that just showed up. Maybe they woke up, ro rolled out of bed, and had a weird knee pain. Or they got done with a workout and later on their shoulder was acting up. They don't recall injuring it. They're not really sure why it's hurting. It's just a mysterious pain. Remember the threat bucket? Is it possible that their threat was elevated so much that their brain and nervous system created an output of pain? There's no injury event, but the pain exists. This is the most common reason why people seek me out. And in order to deal with these 
pain issues that are more threat bucket based, we have to understand this assessment process. Once you understand this assessment process, you can start collecting drills that are helping your pain, that are helping you feel better. So there's a multiple different ways to use this that are super effective. And it really is a total game changer for people. So let's just kind of recap it real fast here so you know what you're trying to do when you go and practice this. Choose your range of motion. Make sure you're super familiar with how it feels and how far you've gone. Whatever that range of motion test might be. For us, when I guided you through it, it was a forward bend. Now, practice a drill. I gave you the example of a lateral ankle tilt. You can use that exercise or any exercise that you want. The final step is to immediately reassess. What happened? Are you better? Did you stay the same? Or are you worse? Right there, that's what I want you to do. And I think you're going to be really, really surprised by the result. And surprised that something so simple could be, or I should say could have, such an amazing impact on your movement and how you feel. This is the assess-reassess process. This is the same process that I use in my daily life, whether I'm working out or trying to problem solve some kind of ache or pain. This is the same process that I use when I'm working with our, our members, trying to help them do the same. So your mission is to get familiar with the threat bucket, understand what it is, how it can help us understand what holistic health really is, and then put it into action by trying the assessment process. And I think it's going to be an extremely interesting and potentially life-changing experience for you. That's it for today, guys. If you want to learn more about the threat bucket and how to use the immediate feedback assessment process, then make sure to join our free community where we host monthly mobility challenges that are free, and I'll actually teach you how to use the assessment process for your specific needs. I'll make sure to include a link for you. Thanks for being here and for listening. Till next time.